global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. The European Union is reviving a probe into Google's advertising practices with an inquiry that adds to active EU antitrust investigations into the company's mobile operating system and shopping search services. The pound is sliding as a split in the U.K.'s ruling party over European Union membership increased the potential for an exit from the block and stocks across the globe are higher. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up 19 points. Dow E-mini futures up 165. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 45. The DAX in Germany is up 1.7 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 6.30 seconds. The yield 1.76 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 3.6 percent or $1.07 to $30.71 cents a barrel. COMEX gold down 1.9 percent or $23 to $12.0780 an ounce. The euro $1.1030. The yen 113.17. The British pound $1.4077. And Allergan reporting fourth quarter profit that beat analyst estimates. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thank you very much. We're talking with Bob Sinch of Amherst Pierpont. Uh, before the break, Bob, you mentioned negative interest rates. we got five countries in Europe right now with negative interest rates. And I read this morning the Czechs are thinking of going there next, basically because they want a weaker corona. Are we now, after, after many years of talking about it, are we now getting into currency wars in which, uh, like the 1930s, there is no possible way to win if everybody's involved? Well, I think, uh, I don't know if I'd call them wars, but it's certainly some skirmishes going on. And I think that, that many have, have realized, and we've talked about this a number of times over the last couple of years, that one of the more important transmission mechanisms of monetary policy when rates get to very low levels is actually through the exchange rate. Um, that was certainly the case back in uh, 2010, 2011, when, uh, when the Fed uh, initiated its third round of quantitative easing. Uh, I think we've seen that with the weaker euro down uh, under 105 um, at one point last year with the ECB moving at the negative rate. So I think that, that um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a situation where monetary policy really, I don't think negative rates themselves are doing very much. And so really it's, it's way of impacting the economy is through the, through the exchange mm-hmm. rate. So I think we are unfortunately inching towards a world where competitive uh, devaluations is something that uh, that countries are looking at because monetary policy has become ineffective and fiscal right. policy is still missing in action. Bob Sinch, good morning. Uh, tell me about the dollar. I need an update here on a Monday morning, 97.5 on DXY. Can you go long the dollar here or is it just dollar malaise? No, I think we can go along the dollar here. There's uh, certainly we've seen some U.S. interest rate back up here in the last couple of days. Uh, some of the things we look at would suggest that the dollar has some upside from here. Um, I think if we're going to take long dollar positions, I think the euro is the way to go right now, short the euro along the dollar, uh, because the ECB is facing a meeting, uh, I think coming up March 10th. And give data, Please leave data we a get. message after the beep or... Oh, there's some technical difficulties. Charlie Pellet joining us now. Uh, Michael McKee, it's <laughs> if you always have a message, good to hear. Please leave it after that. <clears throat> yeah, there's Charlie Pellet. Let's continue on. Bob, since he's still there, I'm 
still here. Okay. Uh, well, they're, they're including we... some data that we get out of the uh, the the, uh, the EU uh, this morning, Eurozone this morning, uh, which suggested yeah. both the manufacturing and service sectors weakening up a little bit. So uh, the pressure is certainly on the ECB to do something in March. Uh, it's not clear what they're going yeah. to do, but I think uh, a weaker euro is part of the mix. I usually don't like to look back, but I'm going to break a rule and do that here. Bob Sinch, to me last week, and the word I used mathematically was indeterminate. We were just sort of all over the place last week. What did you glean from last week that frames strategy or, more importantly, trade placement into March? You know, I, I think some of it, so much of it still revolves around the oil market. And what we've seen is, is oil, um, holding the lows around 26, but not really being able to break to the top side. So we've had, um, uh, a lot of volatility in a very narrow range in the markets, I think, are overreacting to that. Um, but I do think we're, we're getting this sense that, uh, that the global economy is slowing further. Um, the risk is that oil prices are going to break to the downside. I think a lot of that has been discounted. And so when you don't get a break to the downside, you get these relief rallies. But I think the early data we're getting out for the month of February from some of these uh, PMI indices around the world suggests that there is no bounce going on in the first quarter after some relatively weak fourth quarter growth numbers around the world. And I, I think the growth environment is going to continue to be a, a heavy weight of uncertainty on markets as we go forward. It, it does seem, though, that the numbers are telling us things aren't getting significantly worse, that we're just sort of muddling along. And I'm wondering, given the money that has poured into negative yielding bonds, uh, even into the United States, if we do see a floor put in under oil prices that people believe in, are there a lot of people who, I mean, are we at risk of a huge bloodbath from people who have uh, gone the wrong way? Yeah, I think we've seen a little bit of that in the last couple of weeks with this enormous volatility in the oil markets. And, uh, and so I think we are shaking out some of the, some of the speculative positions. Um, but, but the concern has to be inventories. I mean, we continue to get large inventories. Um, the agreement last week was to cap production at already high levels. That's not going to do much to bring inventories down. So I think I think the markets continue to struggle with, uh, you know, have we found a durable bottom in oil prices? Because if it goes down and, and breaks through that $26 right. level, I think we set off all sorts of concerns in the high-yield bond okay. markets and the bank lending markets, et cetera. Let's rip up the script on a Monday morning. Mike, you bring up an incredibly important point. And Bob says she answered it by going to oil. Bob, your magic is even though you do foreign exchange, you wonderfully go cross asset. I would suggest we have rationalized commodities using Brent as a proxy from 100, actually 110, 120, but from 100, we rationalized at 80, we rationalized at 60. My memory is we moved quickly from there. We rationalized at 40, and now we're doing the same thing at 30. Why isn't this just one grand rationalization like the previous? I see no indication of any catharsis in oil. I would agree, and I think that, that the oil market is one that we, we have to be concerned about because so many of the players are not just motivated by the profit uh, by profit margins. You know, you have a number of, of governments who are heavily involved in the market who just need revenue, and they'll they'll continue to pump oil just to generate revenue, whether it's at a profit or at a loss. 
And I think that makes for a market that doesn't really clear. You don't, you don't find equilibrium as quickly as we should. And I think that's what we're seeing in the oil markets. And I think some of the uncertainty in the other asset markets is, have we cleared this market? Are we going to clear this market? Or is this uncertainty going to stay with us? At the same time that certainly industrial production around the world, maybe the services sector is doing okay, but industrial production continues to weaken, that certainly puts downward pressure on oil demand. Uh, and you put those two together and you keep grappling for this equilibrium price. And I, I just don't think we found it yet. And it may take a while to find it. A while is how long in your view? For Bob Cinch, end of the month. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, in, it, you know, you would normally expect these markets to adjust in a matter of months. We haven't done that. It, it could take another three to six months before oh, we really man. sort of sort out. Um, you know, what rational levels are for oil prices right. going forward. On a Monday morning, Bob Cinch, filter in the good work of one S. Stanley. He's been better than good, not about gloom, but about malaise, where it's not morning in America. What does Stephen Stanley say that you fold into your strategy? Well, I think there's a couple things. One, I think Steve's been very early on the uh, on the concerns about um, uh, growth and investment, and he's been uh, particularly pessimistic about a, a rebound in investment activity. Um, part of that in the U.S. related to policy issues, uh, but I think you know investment really is the global issue that we're we're facing a, a shortage of right now, and and that's really holding back the global economies. Number one, number two. Uh, Steve's also getting a bit more concerned about uh, about the inflation outlook and the fact that the Fed may uh, have to continue to normalize rates. Certainly, the the core CPI numbers we saw last week are uh, are a concern in that regard. And I think if the Fed does continue to normalize rates, then then we think we have another leg up in the dollar um, as we go through the year. And we've talked about euro dollar getting back uh, toward parity by the end of this year, and I think that's uh, still in play. Really. Uh... That had seemed to go away as an issue for a while. I, I got to put that out on Twitter. That's, yeah. Did you just say, Bob Singe, that the euro takes another dash to parity? I think we will test parity by the latter wow. part of this year because I think things are not uh, moving along very well in Europe. And, uh, you know, if we do get the Fed needing to normalize rates, I, th I do think parity comes back into view. Um, we were a little reluctant to go for the parity call a few months ago because it looked like U.S. rates were coming off and there were too many people in that direction. Um, I think it's no longer the big consensus out there, and I do think there's downside in the euro from current levels. Bob Sims, thank you so much for the Amherst Pierpont. That's an important quote. We'll there's get that on line, social yeah. uh, here as we can. Futures up 19, Dow futures up 169. Uh, yields higher, but the curve flatter. That's an oddity of the morning. Here's another oddity. Bonus round, bonus Monday, another hour of Bloomberg surveillance. Stay with us. <laughs> 